So this next one is based on a text message that my mom sent me, and I thought, this sounds like a good little song. So let's test it out. All right, here I am again with, uh, this is John again with Inspirato Projecto, walking to go get some Starbucks because I'm, I'm super tired. There seems to be some construction going on across the street from Starbucks. I'm about to walk in. I hope there's no line. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Good, good. Good, good. I'll be doing better when I get some coffee in my veins. Whoa, <laughs> that, that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Listening to Inspirato Projecto podcast. You just heard Mr. John Garside with Forgotten Tales podcast. He was a—he's uh, our man on the street. He's out there getting his Starbucks, checking stuff out there, contributing lots of characters. I will not tell you which ones just yet. Uh, he has not given me the full—the full—what's uh, the word I'm thinking of? Full clearance clearance, top secret clearance to to tell you which ones which characters those are. However, we did hear the Freestyle Way podcast thank you from from one of their uh, from one of their founding members. That was a thank you for a theme song that I left for them. I don't I'm not sure when. Uh yeah, the Freestyle Way podcast that was their thank you. If you're watching this on Anchor, listening to this on Anchor, you'll notice what's so cool about Anchor, a multitude of things. One of the many things is that when you listen to a podcast through through on on Anchor on your um you know, on your app or even if you do it on there's a desktop version. You can you can check it out. That's the other cool thing too. If you have this app, you can you can watch your 
stats. You could see your stats where things are coming in from. And so the uh, in addition to that, you can see like what segments, because I like to add a lot of segments to my podcasts. As as anyone who listens to my podcast knows, I like to li- I like to pepper it with podcasts. I treat it like it's a mixtape. Like back in the day when I would make these cassette tapes for my friends and family, and I like to put samples in there and all that stuff. That's what's so kick-ass about this Anchor app is that it gives you lots of little little samples in between it. I'm going to start filling it, utilizing the desktop app. I'm going to move more and more into putting my own sounds in between there. Um, so that is, that's on its way. Now, if you're listening to the, uh, to the podcast through the Anchor app or the desktop anchor version, you'll notice, you'll see who is saying what on each segment. So the Freestyle Way podcast, I'm sure you can see that on there, pops up. It gives them credit, which is great. In case the uh, person who's you know doing the podcasting forgets to give credit, bam, at least it's there. Same thing, Forgotten Tales, you'll, you, you would have noticed that. If you're listening to this through iTunes, Overcast, Player FM, uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, CastBox. Did I say Overcast yet? There are a bunch, a bunch of them now. A bunch of different sites now playing this podcast. So, and it's all thanks to you guys that this thing is is now on that Blueberry, Blueberry website on that front page for the arts. That's so cool. Who knows how many podcasts they have registered on there. So it's an honor to know that this podcast is, is uh, climbing... Climbing, climbing, climbing. It's becoming more and more known, which is great because I love to include people. Please send me any audio uh, situations you got. Audio collages. Read your poetry. Send it to me. Inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. Send it to me. Please. Please. I invite you. I invite you to do this. We also heard a riff. A riff that uh, that song that was a text message from my mom. I said, "Mom, wouldn't that be interesting if this were a song?" She said, "Well, put some put some music to it." So that's all part of this the 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 creation process. You know that phrase? It's so crazy it just might work. Well, imagine if we if we treated those really fun, absurd ideas that come to our brains where we're like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if there was a character who did this funny thing? And Well, if we give those things a voice, now we're actually doing ourselves a favor by releasing them out of their container, <laughs> so to speak. It's like the jack-in-a-box. It's like it, it, it hears a certain amount of that music, and before it knows it, it can't take it anymore. It's just got to... Dance, you just gotta be like, ah! Explode out of there with excitement. That's what's going on with these ideas. Our ideas want to take flight. Our ideas want to take flight. They want to move, they want to groove, they want elbow room. They want to show off their breakdance skills, they want to show it to ya. That includes the universe. That's what I've noticed by really paying attention to what the universe wants to do, what it wants to say through me. It knows, the higher mind knows 
what is most representative representative of our highest best extraordinary genius versions of ourselves it's already there it's already there in these parallel universes they already exist there it's just us choosing which elements we want out of each and all of those parallel universes it's us choosing which elements we want to utilize and, and plug into this particular reality experience into this particular paradigm this particular delusion delusion Pardon me, sir, I've got an obtrusion, a delusion, obtrusion, 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 delusion, protrusion, delusion, obtrusion. You're the only one who has to hang out with yourself every single moment of the day. Make it fun, will you, please? Make it fun, will you, please? I was just thinking about those conversations I have with the personalities that just complain all the time. Always talking about the most horrible thing that could possibly happen. Oh yeah, and then this terrible thing will probably happen. This horrible thing will probably happen. Oh yeah, then that terrible thing will probably happen. Holy moly. Holy moly. If I were to record those conversations those people I played it back to them I wonder I wonder what would happen there what would happen are they are they proud of that behavior would they want to hang out with a person who is complaining all of the time critiquing every little moment second guessing themselves triple guessing themselves Overanalyzation. Overcriticization. Yikes. Yikes. What would have happened if Jack Kerouac had C-3PO standing there right next to him while he's trying to write his books? My God. Yikes. Thank God Han Solo didn't listen to, didn't listen to 3PO. He would have crashed. All that overanalyzation. You gotta feel something like that. You gotta tune in. Timothy Leary was correct, is correct, always will be correct. Turn on, tune in, drop out. Do what the monks know how to do. Just tune in. It's so fun. It's great when it just comes pouring through. What would have what would have happened if Jack Kerouac had a 3PO? Jack, the odds, the odds of you finishing that novel are three million to one. Three PO, let me tell you here. I was on a trip with William Burroughs. He was drinking a fifth of whiskey. And he walks on over to Allen Ginsberg, and Allen Ginsberg says, Shoot a duke dookie. Listen to that Charlie Parker. He's over there. Blowing his horn. Blowing his horn. Hey, Charlie, where's your home? Where's your home gone? Where you growing? Where you going? How you feeling? What are you reeling? Charlie Parker, 
Charlie Parker. Now he's a chap who knew what to do. Shoulda do get do. Mr. Han, <clears throat> pardon me, Mr. Jack. The odds of that sentence making sense is three million to three PO. Let me give you a piece of advice. If you're gonna go to a yabium, it's best to not talk about the odds. Don't talk about the statistics there, 3PO. You might need to go to Shushuraduka Duki Mountain Top. Scream at the top of your lungs. Talk to the gods. Get Zeus. Zeus. Get Zeus. Zeus. Zuki. Zuki Sharaduka Nuki. Ali Aliuki. Mr. Jack, the odds of me understanding what you're saying right there are three million to four billion to two hundred billion to one. Three PO, the next time I need to talk about mathematics, remind me to take you to my buddy Einstein's house. He's got quite the chalkboard. Shoulda do got dookie. We got proofs over here. We got proofs over there. There's an equation, equality. There's a plus sign, there's a minus. What do you see in the middle there? Oh, the almighty hourglass. Charlie Parker, playing those tunes. I'm drawing them in the sky. Because I've, I've had a whole bottle of whiskey. And I'm drawing it with my eyeballs. There's an hourglass up in the sky. Charlie Parker, bam, hits the note. Down falls Thelonious Monk. Bam. Falls over. Knocks over stools. William Burroughs says, Hey, as a flying typewriter. Uh, no, no more. This is more of his voice. Hello, there's a flying typewriter. It's got wings on it. And it's moving around in circles. Neil Cassidy, please tell me where I can hang my jacket. This flying typewriter is moving in my way. Oh, that's very good. So, William Burroughs, tell me, what do you thoughts say about hanging out with C-3PO? My assessment is that you're just an illusion in my mind. I've had more marvelous heroin trips while looking at robots than I have ever had a heroin trip sitting in a whirlpool. What do you mean, a hot tub? Yeah, hot tub, whirlpool, call it what you want. All I know is sometimes I like to drink a cold, cold, tall glass of coffee. You like your coffee cold? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I put some of that uh, ice in there, ice cubes. I go to the ice chest to get there. Some of them ice cubes, drop them on in there. What about you, William Barrows? What about you, Bill? Well, Jack, I would say there ain't nothing... Like drinking 
A tall glass of electric Kool-Aid. Just ask Ken Kesey. Oh, yeah, Ken Kesey's out there driving my... We're driving around that bus further and further down the lane with my buddy, Neil Cassidy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Neil, he's out there with Neil, is he? Oh, yeah, he's out there driving through the mountains. Driving through the mountains and through the hills in that day-glow painted bus of crazy yab-yum warriors and barbarians. They are quite barbaric. Except I, I noticed that in place of axes and swords, they held guitars and harmonicas and even maracas. That's true, William. I have also seen that kind of thing. And I got to tell you, it makes me want to take some of those items to the next yabium. Yabium, yabium. Time to go visit the world-class village of Big Sur and visit my buddy Henry Miller out there living on a mountain. Living on a mountain. He's an A1 mountain man, you hear that? We got the raccoons, we got the possums, we got the caw caw caw. What's that up in a tree? Bam! It's Charlie Parker back at the jazz club. Bam! I'm back out there and I'm looking at the forest. There's a bird. Oh, oh! It's Charlie Parker up in a tree playing his horn. Bam! Over there, another tree. Redwood forest time filled with Charlie Parkers up there on the tree branches. Oh, hold on a second, Jack. Are we lost in another heroin trip or what? Listen, William. What are you dreaming it? Or whether you're really experiencing it, your mind can't tell the difference. So, hey, who cares, right? Well, I suppose you're right. Inspiration comes in many forms. This is very true. Bam! Back in the nightclub, there's Charlie Parker talking to Thelonious Monk. How you doing, buddy? Did you fall off the stool? Thelonious shakes his head, yes. Grabs a stool, jumps on up it, and bam! We're back out there in the forest. Redwood Forest. There's a Charlie Parker swinging upside down, tooting along. Pow! Back in the nightclub. Thelonious Monk and Charlie Parker, they're both jamming away. Bam! We're back out there in the forest again. What do I see? It's a hawk. It's looking at Charlie up there in a tree branch. He's watching it like a hawk. In swoops the hawk. Bam! We're back at the nightclub. There's Thelonious Monk standing on a piano. There's Charlie Parker standing up on a bar top. Bam! Back in the forest. Here comes the hawk coming up close to the bird. Uh-oh! Squaw, squaw! In shoots another bird. This time, he's horned first. He's horned first. He's diving towards the... Bam! Now we're back. Back in the nightclub. Dead air. Um, I can't tell whether this is really happening or whether I'm thinking of it. What's going on? I'll tell you what, William, why, why don't you, uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you, uh, go sit over there on a the couch? Why don't you go kick your feet up there on a couch? 
There's a nice comfy couch over there, and I'll tell you what. Hey, here's a pillow. Here's a pillow for you. There's a pillow for your thoughts. How about that? That sounds great. I think I'm just gonna drift off to sleep. <laughs> Wandering eyeballs, pounder inside walks, calling all cars, I'm falling apart. My insides crawl, climbing in the drywall, looking for sparks, put it in park. Try to keep rolling, but this ride needs towing. Keep the boat afloat, I gotta keep on rowing. Hope I reap what I'm sowing, hope the seeds keep growing. Or I'm selling the farm, I need you on my arm. Freudian slips from your lips to your hips And I'm a padlock dog for your smile An ink block test of then we'll put it to rest And you can take a look at my inner child I caught a glimpse, was kinda convinced This was an inspiration Was it something I missed? Are you there now? Maybe we could turn it around I'm lost in the mix All up in the midst Of misinformation I wonder what did I miss Are we clear now Baby we can turn it around Honestly I'm spent Don't wanna be silent Wishing a prayer Listen miss if you care Cannons and sirens stranded on an island I'm a prisoner, dear, how I wish you were here Freudian slips from your lips to your hips And I'm a Pavlov dog for your smile An ink block test to think we'll put it to rest And you can take a look at my inner child I caught a glimpse, was kinda convinced this was an inspiration Was it something I missed? Are you there now? Maybe we could turn it around I'm lost in the mix All up in the midst Of misinformation I wonder what did I miss? Are we clear now? Maybe we can turn it Hi, this is Jay Ossing from Twin Peaks The Return. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. This is the Celebrity Afterlife Report Podcast. Hello, hello, hello! It's me, the Celebrity Medium, back again with another roundup of the most up-to-the-minute gossip about all your favorite deceased celebs. There is always action on the next world scene. It's a challenge to keep up with it, but I do my best. Today, as with every edition of the report, I have some wild stories about the goings-on there directly from my afterlife paparazzi sources. Hope you enjoy them. 
Let's get right to it. We haven't heard much. Well, we haven't heard anything, really, from Abraham Lincoln and his next world wife, Whitney Houston, for a few months now. They've been laying low since they walked away from the popular reality show they both starred in. Longtime listeners know that the show continued with Whitney's daughter, Bobby Christina and Richard Nixon, the man the producers selected to play her boyfriend. Abe and Whitney were disgusted by that casting, and that's why they quit in protest. So the show has continued with Bobby still madly in love for reals with Mr. Nixon, whom many viewers suspect is simply playing her for a sucker. I've been wondering what Abe and Whitney were up to since leaving the show, so I asked one of my most trusted sources for an update. You know, even after doing the report for so long, I wasn't prepared for the answer. It seems that President Lincoln is in training to become, hold on to your hats, an MMA fighter. Yes. Most people don't realize that in his youth, Honest Abe wrestled for money at county fairs. Apparently the grappling bug has bit him again, and he is reportedly spending many hours every day in a gym working out prior to debuting in the octagon sometime down the road. According to several sources, for her part, Whitney is said to be completely against this change in careers for her hubby. While people in the afterlife cannot die, of course, or be seriously injured, they can be hurt or knocked out. A rumor has it that Whitney has attempted several times to talk Abe out of this, but he is determined to see it through. The fight promoters reportedly feel he will be a huge attraction drawing many new fans to the sport. The catfight everyone in the next world has been eagerly anticipating seems to have happened. Mysteriously over the past few days, Tammy's Court, the show starring former televangelist Tammy Faye Baker and Jan Crouch, has stopped airing new episodes in favor of reruns. A source who works on the show told me that that was not in the original schedule, but wouldn't go into any details. Uh, audience members for the show have to sign non-disclosure agreements, which means that they are not supposed to divulge anything about the episodes they witness before they air. But despite that word has leaked out anyway, uh, Tammy Faye and Jan got into a screaming match on an episode that nobody's seen yet. I'm told that it degenerated into a full-blown brawl between the two women, with Tammy pulling Jan's multicolored wigs off her head and equipment being knocked over as the two women rolled around on the floor kicking and punching each other. My source says the cameras continued to roll during the melee and that, in his opinion, the episode will air at some point after the producers have milked the buzz that currently surrounds the fight. Word is that Tammy and Jan are being kept apart from each other for the time being while the show's runners decide how to proceed, although that has not been confirmed as yet. You know, I told you it was just a matter of time before this thing turned into a train wreck, and it appears I was correct, so 
Uh, maybe I'm a bad guy here, but I can't wait to hear how this all gets resolved. If indeed it does. Last week I told you that Marilyn Monroe and Jackie Kennedy, who have both retooled themselves to resemble each other, yeah, it's weird, were expected to have an encounter soon. I'm informed by my sources that that encounter took place the other night at the Globe Theater where Vince McMahon Sr.'s Shakespearean acting troupe performs. The occasion was the premiere of the company's version of The Taming of the Shrew, fitting given how the two women have been acting towards each other of late. I also told you last week that the newly breast augmented Jackie had a dress identical to the one Marilyn wore in the seven-year itch, custom-made for her. Now, she wore that to the premiere while on the arm of Ronald Reagan, Monroe's former boyfriend. Yes, this all gets a little complicated. Monroe was once again dressed identically to Jackie's outfit from November 1963, pillbox hat and all. Creepy, very creepy. I'm told that in contrast to Jackie's new, more pneumatic bosom, Monroe is wearing sports bras these days to squash her breasts down to better resemble the former first lady's slimmer physique. Now while many, okay, and I confess I was one of them, were hoping for a knockdown drag out between the two, they kept their distance, being careful to space out their appearances on the red carpet. The strange role reversal between them, however, meant that many members of the press and attendance had trouble remembering which of them they were interviewing, often calling Jackie, Jackie Marilyn and vice versa. But if either of them was troubled by the misidentification, they didn't show it, both of them gently correcting anyone who called them by the wrong name. I am told by a lot of people, actually, that the degree to which they look like each other is unnerving and more than a little creepy. Jackie accommodated the photographers by holding the hem of her white dress and bending forward to bare her bosom, just like Monroe did in the famous shot from her movie. Now Marilyn has taken to walking as expected from a first lady, smiling and waving in that vacant way they tend to have. Hello, hello, peasants. Hello. Both refused to even acknowledge any questions about the other or about why she was imitating the other one. So, bottom line, the strangeness continues. <music> Lastly, Rudd Weatherwax. The man responsible for the Lassie TV show and movies has announced a new project. Weatherwax, as you should know if you listen to the report, and if you don't, shame on you. He recently produced a theatrical movie called The Lassie Squad. The movie was intended, believe it or not, to be an action cop story featuring an all-collie cast. When that came apart at the seams during shooting because of difficulty getting the dogs to cooperate, Weatherwax turned it in the middle of filming into a slapstick comedy, which unexpectedly became a midnight cult classic. So fresh from that strange success, he has announced that he is forming 
an all-dog TV channel. The so far unnamed channel will feature the kind of lineup any other TV channel might have with action shows, game shows, sitcoms, etc. The twist is that they will all have canine casts. Now, frankly, this sounds more than a little crazy to me. My prediction is that if this concept ever gets on the air, it will not last long. What made the Lassie Squad a hit was that it was unique, a one-off, a one-time thing. I don't think this odd premise will work when it's stretched out over multiple shows aired every day. I've been wrong before with predictions about will and won't work in the afterlife though, so we'll see. And with that shaky prediction, I'm going to lock up the Celebrity Afterlife Report studio for another week. Please come back next time when I'll have more up-to-the-minute gossip about all your favorite deceased celebs. I would absolutely love it if you would tell your friends that the report is available for free on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. Oh, we are also heard regularly on our affiliate K-Chung Radio in Los Angeles. I am the celebrity medium laughing at my own dumb voice. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Celebrity Afterlife Report podcast. To ask a question about your favorite deceased celebrity, call 818-3-MY-DREAM. 818-3-MY-DREAM. 818-369-3732. Escuchamos en la radio Inspirado Proyecto con Kate Jones. Here's your fun fact. Gone with the Wind is the highest grossing movie of all time when adjusted for inflation. Stay tuned to Inspirado Proyecto for more fun facts. extremes of size and distance and time. From the vast island of stars we call a galaxy, to the tiny atom and the particles that comprise it.
telescopic ears tuned to the invisible radio sky. It detects not objects, but the radio regions associated with them, and at distances far beyond the range of the largest optical telescope. through the Earth's atmosphere to these ground-based telescopes are only part of a broad spectrum of radiation, most of which is blocked by the atmosphere. I mean, it's a good idea, am I right or am I right? I mean, it's a great idea, you have to admit, am I right or am I right? I mean, come on, come on, put your mind into it, it's a really good one, right? Am I right or am I right? I think it's a genius idea, I mean, I'm telling, you know, I'm telling everyone, for, you know, from Timbuktu to Kalamazoo, am I right or am I right? Am I right or am I right? Man, who will be listening to me right now? Calm your noise down, okay? Stop you squawking. Calm your noise down. Calm your noise down, okay? Quit, quit your squawking over there. Just calm your noise down. Calm your noise down, okay? Like I said, it's calm your noise down. Calm you know what I mean, though? Like, I don't see, I don't see Jay or Tuna anymore, but... All right, so what is, what is this crazy story? I remember the voodoo nights, definitely. Where were you at? Oh, we were at a rave, and we ended up getting at the rave, like, late. So we got in there probably, like, 2 o'clock, I would say. But anyway, as soon as I got in, I was on the mission. I needed to find acid. And so we found this dude, like, he was all fucked up. And I remember asking him, can you get him? Do you have any? And shit, he's like, yeah, I get you... What do you say? 40 for 10 and shit. And I was like, okay, cool. And then so I went to everybody and shit. I mean, there was like, I don't know, maybe 10 of us in a big group. And, um, no, probably not 10, I don't know. But anyway, he, I was like, yeah, this guy said he could get, uh, give it to us for 40 for 10. I know he meant 10 for 40, you know what I mean? So, but anyway, and they're like, so I got the money. I went back to it. I was like, dude, I know you were fucked up, but you meant... 10 for 40, right? And he's like, yeah, why? What did I say? <laughs> anyway, so he just pulls out this, like, fruit roll-up strip and shit, you know, it was, like, liquid tabs or whatever they call them and shit. And he just, like, pulls off this fruit roll-up strip, like, you know, to me and hands it to me and shit. So, and I... Acid? Yeah, it's, like, awesome acid. Yeah, it was probably the second best acid I've ever had in my life, dude. I mean, it was... It was pure, no strychnine, you know, and... Anyway, they, I went to everybody, started just ripping off these little fruit roll-ups and handing them out to everybody and shit. And I know I gave Tuna two hits. What I, you know, in pitch dark rave lights and shit saw two hits and shit. But anyway, and I took the rest and yeah, I took a lot. Anyway, but so the party went on until like four-ish and then they were bogus and they called the cops on everybody. So they wanted, they just got the money, they got everybody in, so they, they busted the party on purpose. 
And um, so when the party got busted, they just released 100, 200, you know, undrugged animals out into the world and shit, dude. And, you know, like, I remember I was flying at that point, dude. Like, every, you know, when I was dancing, the whole ground was, like, moving with me. It was fucking, it was most, I remember, because I remember most of all my trips, like, you know, and, but that one was just, it was crisp. It was, yeah, I remember. It was, was the name of the rave voodoo? Yeah. Because oh. it was um, the day before Halloween. Were you and dressed D- up? And DJ Funk was playing when they busted the party. I was pretty happy about that. But anyway, um, that I got to see them. But anyway, it was in a warehouse. And, like, I remember they were just herding all of these, like, Adidas fucking, you know, at that time, 90s raves, you know? So it was Adidas big pants and pacifiers, pacifiers and shit, you know? People all down to this little, like, you know, like, warehouse stairwell and shit. And, I remember someone looking at me like, what should we do? And I remember, like, I looked at him and I was like, we should jump out the window. Oh, jeez, <laughs> hey, no. Hey. How high up were you? <laughs> uh, but oh anyway. My God. We, Did we, you? No, but when we went outside, we it, was, out the window. it was chaos, dude. Like, just, you're, it was five o'clock in the morning, and mm-hmm. all I saw at that time was just auras everywhere, dude. Auras? Auras. Everything. Around the people? Just, no, lights in general, everything, you know, when you're on acid, everything has an aura to it, you know, everything's, like, fucking vibrant and glowing and shit. So everywhere there were lights, light sources you saw Trails everywhere, and I would look at your face, and it would just go like, it was, you know, the perfect acid, so everything would just twist, and it would just be different colors. Like CGI? Like, it was just... Yeah, like, different colors of, you know, peaches, you know, the colors of your skin would be different colors, you know, and just twist a little bit, and if I moved like this, your whole hand was like moved like that, you know, all the trails and everything, but anyway, there was just fucking tripping people and ecstasy, whatever the fuck they were on, everywhere and shit, and I remember cars were zooming by, well, I would say trails were moving by, like car lights and shit, you know, and... I couldn't tell you if I was buying a car or not, dude, because all I saw was a big, long, like, brake light, you know, going all the way down. But I remember in the corner of my eye, like, looking over, and, like, there was blue and red flashing auras and shit, you know? The cops pulled someone over, and I just remember seeing them pull someone out, you know, and just start fucking, like, wailing on them and shit, dude. And, like, anyway, we finally, like... We got to the car, and I remember my friend Tuna was, like, rocking back and forth in this little alley, and he's like, we're all gonna die, we're all gonna die, because he was fucking flying just like me and shit, like, the only person that wasn't, there was one person that wasn't tripping out of the whole group of us and shit, and I remember patting him on the back and, like, feeling, don't worry, Tuna, we're gonna get home, we'll be okay, and I was looking up at the clouds, because they were all, like, Simpson clouds moving in and out and shit too. <laughs> and like anyway, he got in the car, I guess, with my boy Bong and shit, because he was the only one that wasn't like tripping, so he you know, he needed to be in that car and shit, you know, and I guess he he wigged the fuck out and shit in the car on the way home. I wasn't in that car. I was in the car with the other people and Jay, my boy Jay, he took acid too and he had to drive home. And I couldn't imagine 
ever driving on acid, period, but let alone on that, like, pure one and shit, you know? But I give him props, he got us home, but we were on 90, and I remember I was with my girlfriend at that time, Amanda, and I was, like, squeezing her hand. I couldn't look out the windows, because it was just auras everywhere, dude. You couldn't see straight, you know? Then I remember, like, we slowed all the way down and shit, and, like, they're, like, Everybody was all talking, like, oh, you know, to me, I was lost in my head, you know? And I looked out the window, and it was just like a car crash, auras, chaos everywhere, and then in the middle, in perfect fucking lettering, was just like an Adidas logo laying on the ground and shit, dude, like, probably someone from the accident, from the grave that got in an accident. Wow, and you're wearing Adidas you know? right now. Yeah, right? But it was just so fucked up, dude, that, like, I... Couldn't tell you how many people probably got fucked up that night, but, you know, everybody was flying at that time, you know, and then you end the party at 5 o'clock, you know, like, everybody had to get in their cars and drive home all fucked up and shit, you know? So but, what, what led you to believe it was the uh, organizers who called the cops? That's, all, that's what happened all the time, you know, it's just part of raves. Before what they are now, now they're just all well, how, how did you find out? How did you find out that's what they do? Because I used to go to them all the time. Well, but how did you find out? Did you, you see just, someone, like, did you know someone who did that? Well, I knew promoters and shit, yeah. And they would tell you they do that? It just goes with the scene that you're in, yeah. You well, it just fascinates that. me because I never heard that. Like, that's oh, so really? intriguing. Back yeah, when they no, first never. started, that's, that was a huge thing, you know, because then they get, they close the doors at a certain time, so after that, they got all their $25, you know, uh-huh. per person and shit. Fuck y'all, you know? I probably wasn't even supposed to be in this fucking, you know, because say they finish the party and then, you know, the cops end up busting it in real, you know, really busting it, you know? Then they get busted too, you know? Because they probably weren't supposed to be in that warehouse, you know? So, especially in the illegal ones that were at that time when they were first started, you know? So they, like, get ready to clean up and then they call the cops? Hmm. Oh, they get their money and then they call the cops with everybody all fucked up inside. Oh, gotcha. So then the cops come, fucking, you know, bust the place up. You know, release everyone, all these tripping monkeys all in the world and shit, you know? All these under the influence children, you know? And anyway, we got home, man, and it was. But that acid was just the purest, cleanest acid, you know? The second best acid. I've done Timothy Leary before. Did you have any rev- major revelations like cosmic insight? That we almost died, yeah. What did you see? What did you see what that really see? stuck out at you? Like well, You yeah. were talking about the auras. And acid, you see, acid like, you won't see shit. It's all mind fuck. You know, it's all your mind. Well, people have hallucinations on it. You're never going to see green goblins or anything like that coming out of the walls. It, acid won't... LSD can't let you do that. Your mind might fuck with you and go, did I just see that? No, you didn't. You know, it's not like peyote where you'll turn into a snake on me or something, you know? Mm. Or, yeah, peyote and, like, certain, you know, mushrooms will do that, you know? But LSD, you know, Timothy Leary just... And it didn't invent it for that. He invented it for... That's why it comes in waves. It's a mind fuck, you know? You're... You're lost in your mind, you know, and the trails and everything, that's, that's the tripping aspect, you know, I mean, but, yeah, you're never gonna see shit, that's why it's all colors, and, you know, mm. that's part of 
that in the mind often. You know, you're, you're lost in your your mind. I always end up thinking that I need to clean the house on acid because when everything's so crisp and pure and you know, like clear, so you see all the dust on the floor and like I, I guess my OCD kicks in high gear. So it gives you like a lens of superpowers. I never clean, but I do feel like I need to clean all the time. Yeah, but instead I was... I remember one time, yeah, like, we just bought, like, um, a QP, you know? So we had it all, like, on the table, like, all in the big mound and shit. And so it was me, you know, like, like with Mark and Tim, just four of us, anyway. And we ended up, like, it taking acid. And we were just pulling bombs. Like, every time you pull a bomb, your brain just, like, rushed into these, all these colors and shit, you know? Like, and we, I guess Tina, Tina woke, Tina woke up in the next morning and there was literally only, like, a quarter left of the whole QP and shit, like, she, like, slapped me, like, what the fuck did you just do? Like, you know, like, we didn't even realize it, dude. We were probably just, we swung, like, three ounces amongst that whole night and shit. Like, it was fun, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Never mind. He assigned me. I'm sorry. Oh, shucks. A uh, large coffee frappuccino with whipped cream. to mention a uh, I meant to mention there's a song uh, near the very beginning of this podcast it's called Freudian Slips I sing it the music is by Edo uh, it's written by Lawrence August Edo, Edo Plashart is the composer of the song and uh, it's called Freudian Slips so I definitely want to make sure to give that credit and uh, yeah onward with whoever knows whatever is going on next <laughs>